Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combining modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. A toddler, we're like just trying to not do too much and just relax and um, what was I going to say? Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot to pull off and put together and um, and it was really fun because we had like people from Australia and Scotland and wow. all over the U.S. and it was it was 120 people or so That's and big. it was just yeah it was just like really cool that was probably the best part was how everyone I had to so many people all in one place <laughs> so it was it was really cool. I saw Brie. Yeah. Yeah. She was going to camp, but then it was too cold. So she ended up staying in the basement of the farmhouse, which was perfect for her and her friend. And with with my Scottish family who was staying in the farmhouse too. So they got to bond with them, which was cool. Um, Yeah. We're kind of just basking in that. I mean, it was very tiring, like cleaning up and stuff afterwards, but. I don't know, now we're here and now we get to relax and yeah, I, we're very happy with how it all, how it all went down. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I will say too, um, we, since it was such like a, it was so heart, so much heart energy because it was all about like, like our officiant talked a lot about Ram Dass and like the triangle of relationships and like a yogic marriage and like the spirituality of it. And it was really interesting to see how that manifested in other people because we were putting all of that love, heart energy out there in like just stuff that was coming up for people or like you could tell everybody was even afterwards was saying how that like it felt very uh one um christian woman said that it was the most spiritual wedding she's ever been to oh, she's been to a lot of like church weddings you know and it was um but also like i don't know i don't know how to describe this just people who like someone had just gone through a miscarriage this year and then she was supposed to have the baby now and how it felt healing for her to be here oh. with me in this space. And like, um, it was someone else's anniversary and they had had the sunflower theme and she was like ecstatic. <laughs> and then like stuff came up with her family is like, you know, 
old patterns and stuff that kind of got healed a little bit and like just little instances that I was noticing and but I'm like there's probably hundreds of things that were going on that we don't even know about that just were allowed to be processed in this like space of just like love and there was just a lot of openness a lot of emotion like people were really free to just cry or be emotional or express their true feelings and thoughts so that's how I really I just wanted it to be that way and it, it it's cool how it was that <laughs> and we're just processing all of that right now which is what just happened like it was just like a bomb it was just like a heart energy bomb <laughs> on people so yeah it's gonna it write cool. it all down so you remember that yeah i should yeah because i'm already starting wow. to forget <laughs> it's a good idea yeah 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 that sounds wonderful yeah yeah how are you guys you know i'm coming out of that gretina experience oh yeah so, Okay. Um, yeah. And how are you feeling? How are you processing? So that that whole thing is like a clearance, and then you start to rebuild. So I, um, I'm trying to think. Um, I I think I I feel better. I feel more clear headed. Um, I. That was very intense. <laughs> we like um, <clears throat> the whole thing has five stages to it. The and it didn't even sink into me that I should take time off. How much time I should take off? I blocked out ten days. I worked the first three days. Um where you're, I think you're drying your system out. You're trying to <clears throat> prepare for the ghee phase. And so the first phase I worked and if I do it again, I won't work those days. And then, um, you drink ghee from three to seven days. And I thought, Oh, I'll just, it'll just be three or four days. I can choose, you know, but they're looking for signs and my body just kept soaking this stuff up. And, and then you drink it in the morning and then the after, when you start to feel hungry, you eat rice soup the rest of the day. So it was, it was in an internal intenseness where you're trying to process what you just took in and you take increasing amounts of ghee too. So, um, yeah, I think that probably sounds gross to a lot of people to think about doing that. Um, and you're supposed to do nothing. And that was the hardest thing because I kept thinking, oh, I need to, um, you know, I want to take care of the people around me. I don't want to leave the people at work holding the, the bucket, you know? Um, and, uh, There was a lot of, I could just feel things happening on the inside and I can't really put words to them. You know, at times it was emotional. Um, I had to, For me, I just focused on things that made me happy. You know, I watched heartwarming shows and I think that helped carry me through. I think all the work that I've done in um, consciousness, consciousness training and meditation, all the practicing I did with my own uh, uh, oil massage and you know using a sweat tent and making some of these recipes before prepared me to try this but to hold it and sustain it for that many days um, just took my took everything and then when I was realizing uh-oh there's more when I'm done with this it's now you you then have three days where you do just oil massage and um sweating and then you then you have a day of where the purgation and that was um 
no worse than a colonoscopy prep, frankly. And it, it just was kicked off with a little of, you know, herbal paste. It was nothing. Um, for me, apparently it can be different for everyone. But then that's only the end of stage four. And then stage five, you start to add things back in. And the whole purpose of this is to shed dosha. But as I did it, I thought, this not everyone could do this. First of all, having the time alone. Mm-hmm. And then having the, the mental fortitude to stick with something that's not pleasant to do. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then to have to, so I ate versions of rice soup and, um, mung bean soup for two weeks. I've never gone that long without regular food. (laughs) Two weeks. Oh my gosh. Two weeks. It really gave me empathy for places in the world where, you know, when they're in the middle of a disaster, I'm sure they don't have enough food, you know? Like, and I'm, so I thought I can't whine. I am eating. Um, uh, but you know, when you're living in abundance and then you're restricting in that way, that's a, um, that takes a level of self-control too. And at the end of it, then what you start to do is add food back in. But so I was just so weak at that stage. And the first food was like five drops of ghee, 10 drops of lime juice and a little salt. And it rejuvenated me. Suddenly I was like thinking of the things I wanted to do during the, during the 10 days, I was like, I don't want to do anything. I feel guilty about not wanting to do anything, but I sat there and did nothing. And, um, and then um, the next day, I think it was, I'm probably not remembering the exact order, but we just, every day was adding different tastes in. So it was um, like lemon juice it, and it was just 10 drops per meal. It just heated me right up. And then the next day eating bitter and sweet cooled me right down. Yeah. And even the the lemon juice, it kept me awake at night. I was like just stunned at how in a clear system, how effective foods are and spices are to change things happening in our bodies. Um, and that my body is like very sensitive to, to spices. The spi- spices are medicine. <laughs> wow. And, and so now, you know, I've been eating regular food again for a week and I don't, um, mainly don't have cravings, which was also interesting. Cause usually if you do a diet, it's like, I can't wait till it's done. I'm going to have a big bowl of ice cream. I, I don't feel like it. I'm, I'm not drinking coffee right now. Um, I don't plan to not do that. I'm not drink coffee, but I'm like, well, I don't really feel like it. And, um, this phase actually goes on for like two to six months where your body's rebuilding to, to, so you, um, this is like the repair part and this is super important. You don't want to go back to, um, I don't want to go back to the way I was doing it. Um, that I did notice at the end of last week of work and things were getting a little stressful. And then I thought I saw somebody eating a chocolate and I'm like, yeah, a cup of coffee and a chocolate right now. <laughs> That's the first time I was like a craving, but I could see that craving was more about I'm stressed and I'm looking for some way to feel better Yeah. instead of that my body wanted that. It was like more of a mental stress. Yeah. So the, some of the, the changes I noticed. So I was having... Um, joint pain that has cleared up um, towards the end of it 
this radicular pain showed up. I mean, it was, I, it was intense. It was going all the way down my leg and, um, that's going away. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you can treat radiculopathy with oil. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, now this is all under the guidance of the, you know, are the Ayurveda Acharya practicing as an educator, right? So, you know, saying, this is what you do. This is what you do. And I'm working alongside my medical doctor too, because hmm. I felt that was more responsible. Yeah. And I really admire him for listening to me and on trying to work in a model that he has you know, no clue on. And this stuff probably sounds ridiculous um, to him, <laughs> but he's hanging in there. So let's see yeah. what else. Oh, so there's these things, the, um, I have these lumps everywhere and you'll see them in people with fibromyalgia. They're, they're like fibro fatty cysts. And, um, I, I, the only label I've ever seen for them is Durkham's disease. They kind of go with lipedema too. Um, but nobody does anything for them. They're actually, several of them are smaller. Um, Hmm. wow. Yeah. So I've never seen a treatment for him. Yeah. So I think some of this is time will tell. I did, um, in the midst when I realized, man, this ghee is making, taking my joint pain away. I, uh, I was starting to read about it and read about this process called Varechana and you know, in India, they've tried to do some studies and case studies and to demonstrate the effect of this process. And they have some compelling case studies where they actually improved somebody's thyroid function. They, um, they, in a study with like, I think it was at least 35 people, they had an 89% cure rate for eczema. Wow. Um, They've used it in neuromotor disease, neuromotor diseases. Um, I don't know that how much it's going to help me because I've had thyroid disease for over 30 years. So I don't know how much thyroid I have left to resurrect. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, it also made me realize, man, the people who are going to benefit the most from this are younger people. How do you get them to listen? and realize that they, they could benefit from doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, Did you say, didn't you say your thyroid was doing better in general? Well, it, you know, I, I tried it. I didn't do this last year, but, um, I was trying to work my way off of the thyroid medication and I had to go back on. It wasn't working, but for the course, for the course of this, treatment, you go off of any medication. So I haven't been taking it, but I probably, I will be going back on it. I, um, I can't see that this would take care of the whole problem. Like I said, but I, I haven't got, um, I've got some testing done. And so I want to figure out what's the dose I should go back on. Is it as much as I was taking or is it less, you know? So I'm going to be my own experiment. Um, I think just a good reminder too, like that it can be and not or, right? mm -hmm. That adding things on top of each other in a logical way and using multiple schools of thought, both Eastern and Western, there's a place for both of them and... I, that freedom of choice um, is super important. But I think, unfortunately, just people don't have those choices and they don't, because they're not presented with enough choices to make the best decisions for themselves. Um, and uh, just a good reminder that we can blend it all together. Yeah. yeah. I think Ayurveda offers a good framework, but there's a lot to it. 
that needs to be tested in modern times. And I think that's where modern medicine can fill in the gaps. And and using either model alone, you know, you're you're going to miss out on something. Yeah. It really I think one of the big things was that taking time and how even in when I was young, so my parents generation people if they were sick they would take months off uh, to to heal they they there were sanatoriums there were you know like going to the ocean and spending a couple of months at the shore to heal and and uh we don't do that now and i think of the the people i work with who have cancer where 20 years ago people in defiance would keep working you know and now it's like everyone's expected to keep working through their cancer. It seems like at least the, the people that come to us, they want to keep pressing on. But the body needs the time to do nothing in order to process whatever it's being used to help heal. It, there's so many layers to that, too, because you know now cost of living is not equal to what we, what for most people wages, like those two don't, aren't going together. So they can't take time off. And then now that all of our insurance is pretty much based off of your, off of your appointment. um, If you don't work, then your insurance might not be there. So then your medical insurance. Yeah. um, Now I know there's, you know, there's FMLA and there's, other programs that can potentially help, but, you know, it's not always that easy to get all of those ducks in a row. So it is, it's, I've been really kind of like thinking about and internalizing a lot about how, like we talk a lot and we, as in society, we talk about like how we're supposed to take care of ourselves and, and we have mental health problems and it's getting worse and our our chronic illness is getting worse and some of it is choice and some of it is family systems, but it's also, I'm realizing how much like our, and we've talked about this in some capacity, but how the system that we live in like is also part of the reason why we are having worse health outcomes and worse mental health problems um, because trying to live every day in a society that values productivity and hierarchy, um, we're all going to suffer at some point, right? Like they talk about even the people who are higher up in the hierarchy are also hurt by oppression. Um, and it's coming out in as health problems and it's it makes you really want to be like more more how do, how can I create change in and for that in particular and it's daunting uh but it's definitely needed that's for sure yeah um I wonder about like this generation that that are young right now and what they're being exposed to is more and more um, what are considered like traditional ways of living, you know, eating the three meals a day and, um, you know, my, my grandkids, they they play, they have soccer games like at eight o'clock at night, you know, and their kids. Um, and so, yeah, the problem for me with that is that's when the body is supposed to be winding down and people are supposed to be you know, getting ready to go to bed. And and we're we're pushing to fill every single minute where we're, the foods that we're making available to people are um, are more about marketing and selling than nutrition. Um, and so. We have things like now they're saying, oh, have your first colonoscopy at 45 instead of 50 because more young people are having colon cancer. And uh, 
you know, you see it in many different arenas of health. And I, I think it can't get better for this next generation. Um, for their health. I, I, that's why I like, I want to wave my flag and say, here, learn this stuff. I, I wished I'd learned 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where, again, there's individual choice and individual, when you have the resources to make those choices, it's a little bit easier. So then how can we improve the system so that everyone can have the choice and the resources Um that's that's the hard that's the hard part right there yeah it's a slow process and like i feel like our culture really values some scientific research in order to like include it in what we offer people and for like insurance companies to be on board and doctors to be on board so but, well that's that's the challenging part too because i've heard that you know, Ayurveda is hard to study, but I guess we could try. <laughs> um, I don't know. Has Jessica talked about like, how, I, I'm just th- thinking of this book that I started reading the Verachana book that Jessica wrote and it started oh, yeah. talking about in the beginning about how, yes, there's like a lot of, there's anecdotal and it's been around for, you know, thousands of years. Um, but it's just hard to study because it's like, the language is different. There's a language barrier and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't translate super well into the scientific, the Western scientific method. So, um, but that's how do we marry? <laughs> like we have to, we have to work together, Eastern and yeah. Western medicine. Um, well, I'd like to see more healthcare professionals do what I did and go through her, at least her at uh, Swasta Acharya program and really get down um, those basic things Um, because they've become a foundation in my working with people. And then the more I, um, the more I'm doing it now, I'm a couple years into it. I can start to um, integrate kind of an assessment of doshas in my very rudimentary way enough to teach people kind of the basics of lifestyle and and food in order to attenuate the effect of dosha in their life um so are you able to look at somebody and assess them like and figure out what their imbalance is well i'm getting better at it i would have to say i'm getting better at it and there's a lot there's a long way to go and of course i mean to really get proficient in it you would need to go to india and go to one of their colleges there but for the sake of, um, there's these um, op- these um, shlokas that talk about if you are if you you see uh, vata out of range, this is what you do, and they have a shloka for each of the doshas. This is what you do, and so teach people those things, which. Um, is, and then the other is, you know, I have this um, handout I give that's like the five circles. These are the five skills at which are getting good sleep. And I mean, we, we know right there, treating people and physical therapy, that becomes a goal. And there's a lot of strategies there to help people establish regular sleep times, improve the quality of sleep and what to do for that. Um, that's another thing. My sleep is really much better since I um, made, since I did the Varechina. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, let's see, what do I tell people? Um, the morning and evening routines. So that's also become just a hallmark, what I'm saying to people <clears throat> and asking them, what are your morning and evening routines? <clears throat> it's what we do on a daily basis that is going to create um, something, (laughs) create our health. And then, um, eating at regular times, whether it's two or three meals a day is, uh, up to the individual and what their, what their needs are. And then eating, um, coordinating hunger with meal times so that people feel hungry when it's time to eat. 
And that's, that's very interesting because a lot of people are eating because it's time and they're not necessarily hunger, hungry. And a lack of hunger is an alarm to the beginning of ill health. Um, mm. Yeah. And then the, yeah, so, oh, and that the plating is simple. One grain, one protein, two or three vegetables. The purpose of that being it makes it easy for the body to digest and it makes it easy for you, for the individual to start to see their reactions to different foods and start to make better selections for themselves. Um, and, and this is where Ayurveda just is unapproachable in how well it understands food and um, how to use food through the seasons um, for the uh, foods for the individual, that there's not one food fits all. There's no one best way to eat. I think that the next layer then that I'm working on, I always said for the last year, I've said, okay, these, is, these are the first tier skills. And now I'm like, well, what are the second tier skills? And they really just reflect me coming to my own understanding like the importance of temperature regulation and um, that, you know, like right now I'm sitting here, my nose is cold. I should have a, a hat on my head or, you know, when you touch your backside and your thighs are cold, like I'll, I can have a couple layers mm -hmm. of clothes on and still feel that cold. Well, let me grab my blanket and get myself warmed up. You know, don't settle for being cold. Um, oh, that's my entire journey, right? <laughs> Ayurveda. Yeah. Like that. I never realized that before. Like, yeah, my butt and thighs are always cold. Yeah. Um, so try to get yourself warm and see what happens. <laughs> so I should have my hat on. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other one is recognizing um, qual qualities. Like, within the, you know, if I eat this food and this food has a heaviness to it, what does it create in my body? Or do I need heavy today or do I need light today? And it's like, I'm not going to need heavy every day. I'm not going to need light every day. Um, that's been a two year process for me <laughs> just to get to that point of what, um, what do I need? And actually going through Varechana and getting to such a clear state. Now I can notice that more. Oh, wow. I ate this thing. I, um, what I was joking because I have had such a sweet tooth that I had to time sweet things. <laughs> Otherwise I'll just eat them all the time. Um, and we would, I would have French toast Friday or pancake Friday. We'd eat pancakes on Friday. And so I thought, you know what? My hunger's strong. Friday, I had my French toast with maple syrup. Oh, I was so tired the whole rest of the day. <laughs> um, and I'm like, that was doing that before, and I didn't realize it. So wow, it, it could yeah. get very overwhelming to try and take it all in. Um, it'd be wonderful to have a six-week program and teach people everything, but there's just no way to do it yeah i mean i've been doing it for a year and i still feel like a complete beginner um like even just it's like gathering the tools mentally and then trying to put them into practice but you're right about how it just takes time for your i feel like it takes time for my body to even notice what's going on um and then i'm current i'm just taking a break right now because of everything I've got going on in my life with the wedding and stuff. And, yeah. um, but then I also feel like, Oh, that's good to just sort of take a break and like continue the continue doing what they've been telling me to do, but it's take so long to implement it perfectly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I had to take a break for a while last year too. You see, I have to step back mm -hmm. because a lot of it is a mental slap, you know, yeah. like you do, you've done, these things, I'll, I'll, I'll use the personal pronoun. I've done things a certain way in my lifetime. I've, you know, strived to pick the most healthy things. And then you tell me that's not the choice 
that I'm supposed to make. <laughs> um, right. Like, when's yeah. it okay to have oatmeal for breakfast? When's it not okay? Uh, uh, I, I, I'm still figuring that exact one out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it kind of mirrors too what you see that I think about in the social media, like some people are like, oatmeal is the greatest thing ever. And some people are like, oatmeal is the devil. <laughs> it has all these phytates. And then it's like, Ayurveda is like, well, it depends. <laughs> Which is a nice, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's not either or. Um, depends mm-hmm. on who it is and what season you're in and what day it is. And <laughs> but that's really hard. It's very challenging to step into that. It's totally bringing your choice. It's a personal choice, like at the highest level. (laughs) There's no list that somebody's going to give you um, when you're truly practicing it the way it's meant. It's it's an awareness practice. Um, Yeah, they can give you ideas and tips that you might not have thought about. But yeah, ultimately... I remember Jessica always brought her back around to that of like, well, what is it? Like, I can tell you all these things, but it's your body that's truly going to tell you what you need. Um, But that is difficult because it's like, I don't know. I think especially when you have a illness going on, it's you, you can't hear it. Like you're saying, like, it's hard to hear that the pancakes made you tired until you went through the clearing process. And ate them and realized, whoa. That was, yeah. that, that made that a hard day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. very cool that you're doing that. Yeah. She, Jessica told me to read the Verachana book over the winter and read yeah. it a few times and then decide if I want to do it. Yeah. I think anyone who wants to do it, like not only read it, but practice the different segments of it. Like try making the recovery meals taste mm. them. Um, if it's right for you, do the abhyanga and sweating and see what that's like so that it's not new when you put it all together. Because it's also, it's a physically taxing and um, you you got to be ready for that. Um, yeah. And to work it into a busy routine. Um it's interesting too. It took me a while to get, I do the infrared sauna blanket in the morning followed by the, uh, to sweat and then the Abhyanga. Mm-hmm. Um, and to fit that in is interesting. And now Gordy's waking up at 5.30 in the morning. So it doesn't always happen. <laughs> um, yeah, when you have kids. We try. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm doing it because you know, for me, it's like I'm facing going into old age. Um, I want to stay as healthy as I, as I can. And I, this is helping Mm -hmm. me be healthier. I was thinking of retiring, you know, like I was talking about retiring, um, maybe in the last four, four years. And now I'm like, no, no, I've got, I got 10 more years in me. And whether I work that long or, or not, Actually, I will because everything I've planned is around career and it's been revitalized. Like I'm talking about doing some research and uh, I'm actually making some connections to do that and um, teaching, doing more teaching. So uh, my brain is sharper than it was. My energy is better than it was. So it's slowly paying off it must be something either um astrologically or energy or something because i feel like september has been a very transformative month for a lot of people um in many different ways when i've like talked to certain people or including myself or in you two like i don't know you know you wonder collectively a lot of people are going through transformation and and the next realm of their life and where why is that collectiveness happening and it's pretty pretty interesting 
Hmm, that's true. Yeah. That's a good observation. Yeah. I Look don't at know. your wedding. That was that sounds like that was transformative for all in attendance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it. I mean, for me, for sure. And then yeah, for most every, everybody I talked to, everybody I encountered at that wedding, yeah, there was some sort of shift happening or clearance. It was like a clearing energy. Um, I mean, September in itself seems very clear. It's like a crisp, clear month in New York. It's a little drier. It's a little cooler. Um, and the leaves are changing. Um, so mm. that might have something to do with it, too. Yeah. Are you getting the beautiful colors? They're just starting now. Like this, this past week, it really started to turn. Our tree outside our window is yellow and I'm seeing some of the deep red, which is my favorite. Here at um, my parents' house, it's not as apparent yet because it's still a little warmer here. But yeah, up in New York, it's it's starting, which is exciting. <laughs> it gets pretty gorgeous. What's um, for one fun, what's one like interesting thing that Ayurveda says that we should do or it would be helpful during the season change from summer oh. to winter. Well, so as we go into the fall, the Vata dosha is rising. Um, that one is dry, um, light, cold, unstable. And so you want to counteract it uh, with, so with warm, wet, a little oily, um, and things that bring stability. So that's why it's soups and stew season. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like squash and pumpkin and yeah, apples, apple and, pie. Yeah, yes and pot roast and that st that stability um of the regularity of of schedule is helpful um mm -hmm. yeah and um cool. yeah the so this ha this is turning into an ayurveda conversation again <laughs> yeah okay let it go that way that's fine <laughs> i know that you know, in the U.S., as they try to bring in more Ayurveda, they try to simplify it. And uh, I think that that can weaken it. But there are um, the the little things that people can do, like that list of things that I said that started with sleep and regular meals and et cetera. When I have my patients do that, they, they have improvements just with those few little things. And there is plenty of going on in modern science that matches every one of those things. Yeah, I've noticed even for myself, like I haven't been um, too much in the gym um, really much this whole year uh, because I've of the things I've gone through. Um, and recently I felt like I could mentally and physically go back into the gym a little bit and despite not being consistent with weight training um I was really close to like one of my max lifts um a few, couple weeks ago um and it felt relatively easy like and I say relatively like it would be interesting if I was at at the max like what I would felt but for my 90% I felt pretty good actually and I was wondering if it's because instead of focusing on fitness I've been focusing on sleep and uh, getting uh, diversifying my nutrition and um, having purpose beyond my work and focusing on on um other things that help with health in general um so then it, it would be really interesting to because a lot of times in the fitness world they're like if you take 
a month off, you lose like your strength. And like they even notice too, like if you're bedridden because of an illness or a surgery or something like that, then, you know, you lose muscle mass and, and you reduce your uh, aerobic capacity and all of that. Um, But it's a testament that if we shift our mindset and we shift our priorities based on intuitively what we're thinking, can you actually maintain your aerobic capacity and your fitness and your strength if we focus on the other parts that we tend not to focus on? And um, it would be really interesting to uh, to see if other people have noticed it too, or if they've, I, again, I don't think that research is going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, and again, how, like we've talked about before, like we, even just today, we talked about like if that research might not happen and how could we even research it? Um, yeah. And, and this is a tangent too. Like I, when I was at CSM earlier this year, which for people who don't know what CSM it's, Combined sections meeting, which is um, a huge event in the physical therapy world. And I went up to a, a talk about about improving access to resources in healthcare and the disparities that people have in terms of getting getting appropriate healthcare, especially home healthcare after total knee replacements and total hip replacements and more rural um, places and and it's, I got up and I asked I'm like I want I I love all the research we are clearly seeing a trend in the research of lack of access lack of resources I and at what point do we actually do something about it right like I understand that data drives decision making but I've also seen data being used as a weapon to withhold action. Um, and at some point, we need to get beyond, be out of behind the computers and the software where we are seeing these trends and actually putting it into action. And so um, that's a whole nother tangent. So even though we like talk about evidence base and we talk about the importance of research, which it is, like we need, we need research in many ways. At some point, we also have to put action behind it. And so... Yeah. Sometimes we just have to also trust ourselves um, at some point um, to make those decisions as well. So um, it's definitely a hard balance, uh, but it'd be interesting to know if, if there's some give in the whole idea of like, if you're not actively working on your fitness a hundred percent of the time, but you're focusing on other recovery aspects and other parts of your life of fitness or like more of not the physical fitness, but the mental fitness and the recovery of fitness, then can we maintain our gains more than we, we thought we could? Yeah. I've been talking to people lately, my patients lately about, look, the, the gym craze, you know, that is established now, it didn't used to be that way. And Right. So if we look at like the seventies, the gyms were not at the level they are now and people were in better shape than they are now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to make people feel better that if they're, if they're working in their yard, that is physical exercise and that counts. And um, so that, that um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. I think I mentioned that before, you know, that activity, it counts as exercise. Um, if you're getting your heart rate up. So this year I have actually exercised less intensely and my bone density has improved. Hmm. And that is counter to what we know. But, you know, and the, the difference is me applying Ayurvedic principles. Now, my bone density needs to improve more. It's not good. But, um, and at some point, I'm going to be adding resisted exercise back in. But I need to set my body up for success with that activity. 
And I think the bell curve at some point it goes down the other way, right? Where once you go past the height of of gains versus return on investment, right? Um, mm-hmm. At some point, the return on investment actually is counterintuitive because the opposite side of the bell curve is happening, right? So it makes sense why um, if your body wasn't quite ready for, um, or like if you were overdoing it in terms of that bell curve, um, then stepping back would be more beneficial for you at some point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that there's more to it than just doing the exercise and pushing yourself when you feel bad is not going to get get you um, improvements. It's better to um, listen to your body, make sure that the day that you're going to go do a hard workout is a day that you're feeling the energy to do it. Yeah, that brings us around to the how we worked with HRV, mm-hmm. and um, which tells you your heart rate variability. If you know what that is, that was helpful to figure out what your how your nervous system is doing that day or that season of of needing recovery. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's like if you push yourself in a time where you need more recovery, then it could be more detrimental. Or you're not going to get the gains that um, that you think you should be um, mm-hmm. for the amount of effort you're putting in. I think so, an, another thought yeah. in Ayurveda that was um, unusual to me was that talking about that the half of the year is a depleting time and the other half of the year is a building time. And the building time is winter and the depleting time is summer and the if you're out in the sun, anything out in the sun is right going to dry up and we weaken. But in the winter time, we can plump up. We can, you know, we feel more hungry usually, and you can do a lot of building mm. in that phase. So that's um, that was hmm. something that I think I was getting that backwards because I was thinking about going out and doing fun things in the summer. Right. And like hibernating in the winter. Yeah. But I guess bears hibernate in order to build. Right. Or no, I don't know. No, they hibernate to, uh, I don't know. (laughs) But for humans, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions, and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now, here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.